Hello and welcome to First Geek 411. This is episode 103. Future Cameron here. It's definitely episode 113. My bad. And I'm your host, Cameron Franklin. With me, as always, is my best man, Chris Nicolay. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's good to I'm see tired. you. Again. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Worked like 65 hours last week. Dang, that's like a boss. Hope you got yeah. good overtime. No, because it's between two jobs. Oh. There's some overtime in there, obviously, but. Oh, well, I'm good. I'm just not keeping up on anything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I've been good. Um, just kind of trying to get back in the groove now that the holidays are over. I'm trying to get like back on like some semblance of a normal schedule. Um, wonder what that's like. Yeah. I have a frisbee tournament on Saturday that I'm hyped for. So, isn't it a little cold? Oh wait, yeah. well, if we're Texas, <laughs> it will be very cold. Watch it be like sixty. But yeah, other than that, um, got a couple things that we'll hit on a little bit later. But before we do that, as always, our listeners can find us on our social media, which is One Geek Four One One on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. You can also send us an email at one st geek four one one at gmail dot com. You can rate, subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we read five-star reviews on the air. Then check out our show notes on our website, onegeek411.com. Teaser questions for this week that we didn't plan ahead of time. Um, Some things got delayed in games. What were they? Um, Chris is going to talk about a bunch of anime. And then there's a new trailer that might just make you cry. But before we get into that, Chris... What have been some of your favorite things that you've been up to besides all of the work? Um, so I have been trying like watching random episodes of the new animes coming out, which we'll touch on a little bit. Um, there's a lot this season, but um, I guess one thing is since we haven't had a chance, it wasn't this past week. That's for sure. But I did manage to watch the uh, Netflix's new series, Dracula, mm-hmm. not the animated series. Not Castlevania, I should say, um, which was actually really good. Um, different. Yeah, I've heard sure. good things. We haven't watched um, it, but. I definitely would recommend it um, for this podcast specifically. Um, I'd say like there's a lot of like good elements regarding like faith and. Um, yeah, faith and kind of like belief systems. Um even pertaining to Dracula, which it it was is cool. Like the ending was a little like, okay, wow, okay, really. Um, but all in all, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Um, like I like seeing all the memes regarding uh, the nun. <laughs> you don't sound like a nun. <laughs> you don't sound like a sister. <laughs> She's like, I get that a lot. I gotta look up these memes. <laughs> um, but it's it's really well done uh, i'm not sure if they're doing any more i think it's just a one season thing or one mini it was just a mini series mini series um but yeah other than that though um yeah i haven't been up to much uh, i didn't even make it to any pre-releases the last weekend um which is sad just so op- just open just crack some packs nice what about you so Recently, I got back into Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I'm trying to get that platinum. Um, I only have like two actual like 
trophies I have to be intentional about, then like the rest is like get so many perfect dodges, like that kind of thing. Ugh. And so I cranked the difficulty all the way down to easy where it really like increases your parry timing, which makes it a lot easier to get those perfect dodges. Uh, Got it. And so, Got it. yeah, I was farming some. Pre- like, oh, they're about to attack. If I hit it now, I'll guarantee the perfect dodge. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm working on that slow and steady. Um, I've come to realize a lot of the things that like were a hassle when I was playing the game are even worse now that I stopped and then are coming back, namely the map. Like it's very difficult to get from place to place. Um, and there's not always like an obvious path. And so I really wish that there was a system, a, a fast travel between the meditation points, um, or B, you could say, I want to go here and the game would actually show you the route that you needed to take. Um, because it's very, it's very difficult. I spent about 20 minutes trying to get to an area only to realize that I needed to go to the other side of the map and slide down a thing to get to this area. And yep. so we're just like, well, I sure wish I wouldn't have wasted that time. But I noticed that like right away too. I'm just like, really? Like it's not, not obvious. The maps aren't obvious. The, mm-hmm. it makes you run back through everything. Yeah. Like you don't just get a, well, I'm done with this world. Let me hop on back and move on. I really liked the idea of the map and if it with it for people that haven't played, it's like this 3d, basically your, your robot is like projecting the map and that's what your character is looking at. Um, so it's 3d, you can manipulate it and move around. But like when I was playing, it felt more intuitive than it did does now. Um, which I mean, I guess kind of makes sense, but, um, I'm still excited to go back and get the plot, really enjoy the game. Um, great story also. Um, then other than that, we recently started watching The Witcher on Netflix. Um, we're about halfway through. I'm really enjoying it. How confused uh, are you? Um eh, I wouldn't say that confused, but I like I also don't know what I'm supposed to be confused about. So like there's kind of this idea of just like, sure, this is how things work. And like stuff like especially like how magic works in this world and some of the characters, it's just like, yep, there's more characters. Yeah, but like my biggest thing is like it doesn't tell you where you are in the time. It was like, is this yeah now or is this later? Yeah. Or I guess is this in the past or is it more recent? Like, I'm not sure where we are in this time frame. Wait, is this (laughs) how old is she now? Is she gone yet or (laughs) yeah, we were warned about that ahead of time. Um, And so I think that helped a lot just kind of expecting the different timelines and kind of having the assumption that like we'll eventually figure out when all this stuff is. And for now we just kind of have to accept that we don't know when events are. Um, and so we've kind of gotten to this point where the stories are starting to tie together, um, which is helping with that. Um, but it's a very interesting way of telling the actual story. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, playing a little bit of Super Smash Brothers, still trying to unlock all the characters and a little bit of Magic Arena, um, but nothing crazy to report on either of those. Hashtag Switch Life. Yep. So with that, let's jump into our video game news. Um, a bit of kind of sad news. Um, this year has kicked off with a bunch of delays. And if any of our listeners are big into the video game podcast, they've probably seen this um, all over the place. But Final Fantasy VII Remake. Avengers, Cyberpunk, 
Evil Within 2, Iron Man VR, um, all of these games have gotten hit with delays um, in like the first couple weeks of the year. And yeah. So, Although, so Final Fantasy VII just got pushed back like a month, mm-hmm. a little over. I'm just sad because the timing was so perfect before. Yeah. It was like right after we're unwinding from work, we're slowing down. I could use the break. I'm just going to take the time off. And I'm like, do I take a time, some time off anyway, or do I just kill myself until Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII's release and take more time off while I play it? Yeah. For me, the one I'm most interested in is Avengers, um, because that delay pushed it from, I think, May to September. And so the game was kind of pitched as like there's a story mode, but then there's also this like games as service and having like a game kind of like that be so close to the new consoles, I think is going to be really interesting to see how that works or doesn't work. Um, like if you have a community on PlayStation four and PlayStation five and it's the same PSN, like, I don't know. It just seems like it could be crazy. Um, so I'm really interested to see how that's going to work out. Um, similarly for you, the final fantasy seven delay puts it at like a very inconvenient time for me personally. Um, but, um, at least it's hopefully still coming out. So, Oh, what is <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I'll believe it when it's in my hands. Kind of like my kingdom hearts three thing. Um, I'll believe it as soon as my money gets taken out of my account. Yeah. <laughs> Get that ship date. Yeah. But what's in- more inconvenient is that ultimately the weekend of the Final Fantasy seven release is I actually have a wedding that weekend. So it is a little oh. inconvenient. I'm like, man, I'm like, man, you're going to have to move your wedding. I'm not going to be available. <laughs> I'm going to need um, to delay your, your wedding by a month or a week, you know, just not on release weekend. <laughs> Or I'm just going to packet my PlayStation to the site. and There you go. That's how you do it. Set it up. Oh, you want me to socialize? No. Good. Call me when I'm needed. <laughs> Someone want to get me some food? <laughs> um, well, all in all, uh, I'm okay. As I've always mentioned, I'm okay with delays. I'd rather, especially for very promising, big title mm-hmm. games. I like when they say, you know what? Hey, we need to push this back month, two months. We have to put some finishing touches on things. We want to make sure it's more polished and ready for you. So yeah. I'm always okay with that. See, we also got the announcement that Lego is making a new video game studio called Lightbrick. That is correct. Yeah. So actually this, the announcement was officially like last December, like right before Christmas. Um, um, and they they announced the studio at, uh, formed around the idea of like exploring other genres. So traditionally, Lego games are typically, you know, family friendly action games revolving around like mm-hmm. different worlds just in Lego format. Um, but with the announcement of Light Brick and a game called what are they calling it? I saw this announcement, but I didn't read into it. I know. Right. Um, so I should have opened something before we got going. And so oh, well, from the verge, the studio wants to make more poetic and artistic games. Right. So like the, the initial game we're seeing, Oh, builder's journey. Yeah. 
um it looks like an indie game like it looks like something that you would see at pax in the indie mm-hmm. booths um all in all but it's revolving around um lego so like this might be a little more like as you as you mentioned like more artistic something more like hey build some stuff like more like a indie puzzler with with lego mechanics um i'm actually really interested to see where they go with this just because um the builder's journey just looks good they have like slightly more muted colors it's not as like bright and vibrant it really does feel like an indie game um and it's just kind of cool to see them kind of branch out and just like say, hey, we're actually we're not going to stop doing what we normally do. That's still up to the studio. They're going to make their Lego yeah. games. But we'd like to kind of expand out and like explore the creativity, which is what Lego should be doing, because that's right. kind of their purpose. Um, yeah. And so I'm kind of I'm excited to see what happens with this. I'm, I hope they can keep that indie feel to them, um, even with like the massive amounts of money they could probably have backing them um hopefully they don't feel like too big of a mm-hmm. studio granted lego doesn't feel like a big studio anyway but i know i'd really of... like to see something almost like little big planet um not like a 2d side scroller but like that kind of feel where you're like you have this cool creation suite like that's one of the things that like the lego games in the past have never really done like mm. you've never really had like you mentioned the idea of like a puzzler like we've never really had that chance to just like free build or build something specifically to try to solve a puzzle. Um, but it'd be really cool to kind of do that idea. Like kind of, again, kind of like little big planet where you have all these pieces that fit together and that's kind of the creativity of it, um, is how you solve the puzzle. Right. But, Which is, would be filling. Yeah. We never really had like a place there. It's like, I just want to digitally play with Legos. Yeah. Um, which would be cool because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much cheaper um also in other news we've got the announcement of the fourth and final dlc um for fire emblem mm-hmm. um so for the most part in the dlcs we've only seen kind of like hey we're unlocking a few additional missions we're unlocking this new pl- other area like the sauna um Hey, you have new items available to you kind of thing. It's kind of just like little quality of life updates. Like, hey, here's something else you can do in the game, um, which is nice for your like your other playthroughs. That as, it, as you've been playing, you can mm-hmm. unlock those aspects. But in the newest DLC, we are set to add a fourth house. A fourth secret underground house that no one knew about. No one knew about. Yay. Um, full of nobles, but uh, they are all. It's called um, the Ashen. Ashen Wolves. Ashen Wolves, which is going to be cool. They're kind of like, yeah, there's the, the secret house and they haven't had a teacher in forever because, well, no one knew they existed. Right. Because <laughs> they didn't um, even make just, the title of the game. Just funny thing. Yeah. In terms of recruiting their characters, um, you are gonna have to defeat them in combat um and also they might be unlocking it allowing you to actually team up um with the other royals um Mm. in terms of whatever your your playthrough um allowing you to like have all three house royals um as part of your team which would be kind of cool i'm not Mm -hmm. sure how that's going to work necessarily yet but something to look forward to 
Yeah. Um, I was already going to probably going to wait till April to do my next playthrough. And so this dropping at that time is fantastic for me for all the reasons Final Fantasy being pushed was inconvenient. Fire Emblem right. getting this DLC in April is amazing. Um, and so I'm really excited. So now to it's go. both now it just made more Final Fantasy's pushback even more inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and oh, so. Final Fantasy, but DLC for Fire Emblem. No, I really like the new character, the looks of the new characters. I and mean, we obviously don't really know much about them yet. Um, and I think they announced also that they'd be adding more classes to the game. So I'm really excited about that as well. Um, if that is correct. I would be excited for it if it's not correct. Um, but I'm hopefully we'll get to see more. Love that world. Can't wait to go in. We talked about it in our 2019 look back. Um, and we'll be talking about it in our 2020 look back as well. Gonna, as long as DLC <laughs> keeps coming out, we'll keep talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, um, in a bit more controversial news, um, we also had a Smash Direct, and it was announced that Bailith, um, the protagonist from Super Smash Brothers, is coming, or from Fire Emblem Three Houses, is coming to Super Smash Brothers. Um, as a and the internet, for kind of expected reasons, is not super hyped about a new Fire Emblem character, but um, they can deal with it because Bailith is great. Um, it's more like actually, Super Emblem Bros. <laughs> <laughs> Because so, it's so, like half your playable characters are like from Fire Emblem. I mean, admittedly, there are 17 games. So, I mean, I re- true. I, I really but. like this announcement um, because um, Sakurai throws a whole lot of shade at like everyone throughout the throughout the announcement. Like he throws shade at like Street Fighter. He throws shade at like how like the names of the Fire Emblem characters. Um, he throws shade at Bailith for not having a good jump in Smash Brothers. Like, and it's just really funny to see him kind of like keep bringing that up. Um, but I'm really excited for Bailith's kit. Um, he looks like a very fun character to play, um, and so we'll see how that goes. I think he drops in about a week as of recording but I could be wrong. You mean they look like a very fun they. player to play. Touche. You are correct. <laughs> Just because you can be female or male yeah. with them. Yeah. Welcome to the fire emblem protagonists. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited to see what comes of this. Well, I mean, not necessarily in super smash because I'm kind of over that game. Um, but it's just funny. I really hope it's not just another sword smasher. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I really like, one of the things that they do is they're giving Baylith all the heroes relics from all the Royals. So he'll have Edelgard's axe, Dimitri's spear and um, Clyde's bow. And so he actually like has some pretty cool ranged attacks and stuff like that. A little more like a multi-utility character, which yeah. will be cool. And like Baylith's heroes relic, like while it is a sword, it's also like a whip. So it has built in like range possibilities naturally too. So he's not going to be just up front. Um, and so yeah, I'm really excited for where it can go and I'm ex- this would be the first character to come out since I got smash. So I'm really excited to, to play them or play them as they're hitting. So <laughs> but with that, let's jump into our movies, TV and anime, and then don't get too excited because we're going to shut you down here in a second, but studio Ghibli is coming to Netflix. Just not North America. 
I did not know the second part of the story, so I'm kind of sad. <laughs> I'm so like because like it's been popping up. Studio Ghibli coming to Netflix. You go to read the article, just not in North America. Well, then why is it popping up in my newsfeed? <laughs> Netflix, do you want me to just like find a way around your thing and use a VPN to get around so I could watch my Studio Ghibli? Like, I, I, like I get it, you know. Just stop giving it to the American news sources, <laughs> right? It's like, hey, American news sources, stop printing stories about this. It doesn't matter to most of your readers because we don't we live in North America. Yeah, it's a sad day because I was really hyped to go in Marathon. And like I said, I did not know this was not coming to North America until I saw the show notes for tonight. You're like, so wait, what? <laughs> I was hyped until Chris crushed my hopes and dreams. And by Chris, I mean Studio Ghibli. But like, well, by Chris, you mean Netflix, right? Like, well, maybe it's Studio Ghibli's fault. I don't know. One there has them. to be a, some know. reason that's preventing it. Um, and also, I, the other ironic thing, but I'm sure Netflix, I mean, Japan probably has their own streaming service, like with Ghibli stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Um, all regions outside of the US, Canada, and Japan will have access to it. So Japan also doesn't get the Studio Ghibli. But again, most people in Japan probably own the Studio Ghibli st- collections anyway, uh, like to completion. But mm-hmm. still super sad. Super, super sad. Yeah. Speaking of sad, um, we got a trailer for Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Um, which is a 3D remake of Pokemon, the first movie. Um, and I am going to now cry in 3D. So I'm not sure I will. <laughs> so the Pokemon, not going to lie, look great. Okay. I like seeing them in 3D. The eyes on the, our main characters. Oh, they're wonky. They're why are they so tall and so far on the outside of their heads? <laughs> like, why is there so much space between their eyes? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. There's certain aspects, so I'm like, I'm, I'm probably be too distracted by that to realize, like, take in the retake in the emotional impact of the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Like, I'm not gonna be too hard on it. Um, like. Like there's so many parts of that trailer that I'm excited for, like the Mewtwo scenes and everything just look phenomenal. Like not going to lie. It's just the human characters. Right. Something that kind of worries me about this is that we just had a story with Mewtwo in it. And like now we're getting a remake and like, of course this is coming to Netflix. It's not going to like theaters. So it won't be quite the same, but like, we just had our like Detective Pikachu, which definitely has a twist based on the fact that like this movie was so well known. And so now we're getting just the actual movie in 3D. But, but I mean, it is a remake. So yeah, you have to it's take like, it with yeah. a grain of salt. It's pretty yeah. easy to do. It's not like you need new writers or anything. All you're doing is essentially redoing mm-hmm. animation. And when you do a 3D animation, really, it makes it a easier because so much the like with ais and everything it automatically generates these things you just have to go in and clean things up so i mean yeah i'm right there with you though yeah or just more disney like pokemon movies in general Um, i'm i hope it does well i hope it gets high numbers i said this with detective pikachu that like while it's not like the most amazing work of cinema i'm 
really hopeful that it could mean more stuff kind of like that. Well, it's just Ash's like final push for Ash. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Ash's farewell year. Yep. <laughs> so we start an era with this movie. We're going to end the era with the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take Welcome that. Welcome to Pokemon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it looks like it's going to be well done with the exception, as I mentioned, potentially of. Maybe maybe if you buy it big enough stink though, they'll just delay it and redo everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sonic time. So with that, Chris, why don't you bring us into our anime talk for this week? So a lot is happening in anime. There is so much out. And so right now I kind of just picked a list of seven um to kind of start off with. Some returning or continuing. Um, so we are finally uh, getting our next season of Haikyuu. I think it's been a couple years. Um, Haikyuu being the uh, um, volleyball, men's volleyball sports anime. So good. Um, so well animated. Mm, it's like, it's definitely one of my favorite animes of all time. Right now, just because it's so great. Um, my Hero Academia is still running, and the last few episodes have been just intense and definitely recommend it um again beautiful animation art just like the very intense moments are just brought out so much through 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 the animation and it's phenomenal um we have some more kind of return to kind of pieces um um that i kind of want to like i'm haven't gotten deep into them because i haven't had a chance to fully absorb um, the series as of yet, just watching a couple episodes. Um, but one is, um, sorry, Somali and this forest spirit. It's essentially about a, uh, a golem protecting like this young humanoid, um, from like the monster world around her. It just looks so charming and I'm excited. It's kind of Ghibli-esque in a sense, but it's definitely not like it has its own, like art style for the most part, but like in terms of like thematics and everything and like overall color schemes, probably very feels a little like Ghibli. Um, kind of feels a little reminiscent of um, never mind because I can't think of the name. <laughs> I was super excited about it. And then it was like two episodes and it was, wasn't out forever. We'll talk about that some other time. Um, I'll go into more detail as we get further into the series itself. Um we have a kind of a throwback and kind of celebration, I think 25 years um, for Orphan was a very like old, like original, like 90s, early 90s anime and light novel. Um, so right now we have the Sorceress Stabber Orphan <laughs> um, kind of throwback in terms of art and aesthetic, um, but obviously updated with modern technology and modern frames and everything. Um, looks kind of promising. We get the slice of life kind of smile down the runway, which is a modeling anime. Hmm. I'm intrigued. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about that one. Um, as we see more episodes, um, two kind of my guilty pleasures, just because my guilty pleasures have to be isekais anymore because there's so many of them. <laughs> all isekai all day. Isekai all day. Um, but they're not like they're not traditional isekais. This is more. Um, not necessarily trapped, but they're they are uh, video game worlds. Um, 
Um, so we have, but the players aren't trapped in the world. It's a different take, a little bit, slightly different twist on on that trope. Um, but we have Bofuri, Bofuri, Bofiri. I don't know how to say this. Um, what, which it's actually a much longer title, <laughs> much longer title. Uh, um, but it's something I don't want to get hurt, so I'll put all my points into defense. And so this is the main character's first ever MMO. And every time she gets stat points, she puts it in defense or vitality. So she just never gets hurt. Hey, <laughs> it's just gotta be hilarious. A tank. hilarious. And ultimately, she's making herself pretty strong. And it's kind of just endearing. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Just because what else can she do? <laughs> she just takes hits. She just sits there and tanks. Uh, um, and then... But my also favorite like thing I like about this is the main character is a girl for one thing, um, especially for Isekais. We don't normally see that. And actually, the the main ultimately two characters is her best friend is also joining her in the game. Also girl. So it's like this girl power type thing, um, but still very shown in like still very traditionally a video game world, fantasy video game world. Um, so that's kind of exciting to see that kind of diversification. Um, the other one is Infinite Dendrogram. This is a, uh, so again, video game world, except for it's kind of a living video game world. So it time progresses about three times as fast as the real world. Um, and it has certain rules, but the rule, like if an NPC dies, it's dead too like that uses like it's about the concept of hey ai it's creating like this alternate world fully so um it's a lot of it deals with your protagonist struggle with the idea that i don't like the idea that 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 actually happened so trying to like adding that realistic aspect to it um is kind of a cool take um and how like the quests and things come up so We'll see what that one's a little like. But again, guilty pleasures. Little Isekai, bored out on Isekais. I'm sure most people are because um, there's been so many. But that is kind of my quick overview of what at least what I have talked to talk about regarding anime this week. Um, we'll have more um, because there is a lot. Um, also, everything I've mentioned can either be found on Crunchyroll or Hulu. Um, Hulu surprisingly has a lot of winter anime running right now yes. so good for them with that it's time for our favorite segment dongle news and this week the alphabet is valued at one trillion dollars so i'm assuming i don't get this title probably not apparently not um yes so the first ever font for the alphabet is valued at one trillion dollars no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Alphabet being Google's parent company is valued at over a trillion dollars. As of that now. makes more sense. Um, uh, it hit the number just last Thursday. Um, uh, and like it's $1,451.70 per share, which is kind of crazy. Um, granted, so... Yeah, we, ultimately, Google's value at a trillion dollars. We don't think of it that way because ultimately, Google is actually a small subset of Alphabet. Um, but we pretty much associate anything that 
Alphabet does is ultimately Google. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. A uh, big, big tech company. Um, just doing a lot, buying up people, uh, taking over the world yep. uh, slowly but surely. Um, we should say that so this is a little slower. It's not like this is the first tech company to do this. Um, Apple was the first U.S. company to hit the trillion dollar cap in 2018, um, followed by Amazon. Um, thing about those companies is they have like a definitive like product, we should say. Mm-hmm. Google has hit the trillion dollar mark without with pretty much free services while they do have like their own devices and things like that their market share in terms of like the overall tech market in terms of these devices is very small comparatively to companies like apple and amazon so it's kind of cool and impressive yeah um we should also say that microsoft has also hit the one trillion dollar mark um back in uh last april um and yeah it's it's crazy a lot of money in the tech field. Not sure where it comes from. Not sure how it works, but it's there. Um, and the next company, they are projecting that potentially to hit that one trillion market cap. Um, next, possibly Facebook. Yeah. Again, a company that doesn't have like a tangible product. Right. It's a platform. It's a, a platform that makes all the like their that all their value comes from just the fact that users use it um which is kind of cool like i like that because it's like it's a free thing granted you get ads and everything and that's really where they make their money um same with google ultimately but kind of crazy kind of crazy that brings us into the tangibles where we talk about things board games and magic the gathering related in some a big thing that I want to talk about this week is that the latest D&D book, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, um, has been announced, um, and it is based on the Critical Role campaign. Um, one of the main writers was Matt Mercer, um, and so it's going to kind of bring that world of Exand into D&D official canon, um, as well as add things like new subclasses, new spells, there's a whole new type of magic. Um, that is being brought in um, or expounded on more. Dunamancy? Yes. <laughs> just so, throwing it out there, just making sure. Yeah. Just like, I couldn't remember. I knew it started with it. I was like, I, I, I don't remember what it's so called, just, but I'm just going to say there is a new magic. Yes. <laughs> Dunamancy. And so it's really cool. There's a bunch of content coming out um, lately um, as D&D tries to push it. Um, and it's also going to come with four introductory adventures if you buy the book, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and this will be a great way to kind of introduce people to the, to the, what's going on. And yeah, big shout out to Matt Mercer, especially in a lot of the D, um, D and D and like critical role community got to help out on the book. Um, so it's really cool to see some of the people that have been doing like fan art for critical role for a long time. Like this is their first, like, or like they actually got to see their work in this printed book that's official and is like going to exist going forward. It's not just a great picture. It's part of established lore now right and so like that's just really cool for them as well um so huge shout out obviously like there's a ton of people and they're not i don't see the names all listed here and probably wouldn't have time to go through all of them but big shout out and 
I'm really looking forward to um, finding out more about what these subclasses are. Right. It's just so crazy to think like what the critical role community impact has had on D&D as a whole. Mm-hmm. Just like the simple choice that these the, the set the set of players decided, hey, we want to start. We, let's stream our D&D session for one and had mm-hmm. a, like I mean, they had a good platform to move to and like a good viewer base just because they're connected with Geek and Sundry. Yeah. Um, but then. Transitioning from their original Pathfinder set to adapting it to fifth edition and just seeing how adaptive wizards has been with developing allowing the development of content um and just in general like what that community looks like as a result um of of everything they're throwing into it um i ultimately i don't think D beyond would have ever been created if it wasn't for critical role like just like the the explosion of popularity with dnd yep. as a result of it has just been phenomenal i couldn't have asked for more like mm-hmm. Like I've always wanted to get into it, and the fact that's more popular makes it so much easier to find playgroup people who are like, yeah, I've listened to Critical Role and and everything, and you know. But you can typically find a group anymore. So much easier than trying to talk your friends into something as nerdy sounding as yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. I'm excited. I've got to buy this. Although, got to buy everything. Buy it all. So that's our big thing for the tangibles. There's a lot, some other news going on and stuff like that, but that's the big thing we wanted to hit on. Um, we're going to hit our miscellaneous segment, which we don't typically do. Um, but Chris, you wanted to take some time to to talk about Christopher Tolkien. Yes. Yeah, so sad news. I kind of bringing the show kind of down a notch here, but Crystal Tolkien uh, passed away um, the other day. Um Actually, just like the end of last week, um, which is sad. So Christopher Tolkien being uh, J.R. Tolkien's son um, and the big administrator of his state um, did a lot of final edits for his un- uh, Tolkien's and unfinished works. Um, uh, yeah, he passed away on January 16th. Um, and it's just kind of sad. It's um just because he 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 did so much to carry on his father's legacy and continue um just the massive middle earth compendium going um mm-hmm. and typically like being active in in making sure that whoever had rights to to works was doing right by his father's work too uh so um we should wish his family the best and you know um I'm just makes me excited. Like, well, hopefully, you know, that we can keep seeing um, Lord of the Rings or Middle Earth things as we also get hyped for the Amazon series. Mm-hmm. So thank you for everything you did. So with that, um, let's we'll pivot and go into our top three of this week. Um, previously, we did our top things from 2019. And what I want us to do right now is take a look forward at 2020 um, and kind of talk about what are some of the top three things that we are looking forward to. Um, and I think we're going to have overlap. So I picked some backup things as we've been going. So, <laughs> um, because Chris actually put some of his in the show notes and they were two of mine. So, well, th- those were like, I figured those yeah. were going to kind of be a given, like yeah. it's just going to be such a big year. Um, so ultimately I have backups too. Um, but so we definitely agreed. Um, so 
one big thing coming at the end of the year, obviously, is new consoles. Mm-hmm. PlayStation 5. Yeah. And so while I'll be eventually getting a PlayStation 5, I'm sure you'll eventually be getting a PlayStation 5. I'm also really hyped for the whole lead up to the new consoles because I love seeing the like political game, especially between Microsoft and Sony. As like kind of weird right now. Like right. Microsoft has been just pouring stuff out like super early. Just like random small bursts here. Sony is like, hey, I hear some information. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Nothing firmed. And they're just like kind of like they're really like playing this teaser game. And mm-hmm. then they're also not going to be at E3 as a result. Yeah, I'm just I'm super interested to in how that all is going to go. It, it's crazy to me that we've seen the Xbox, the Series X, but we haven't seen an official PlayStation 5 yet, let alone the controller or anything like that. No, all um, we've seen are like random people's concept arts and you know a, like the dev kit and stuff a dev like kit that. in the wild pretty much that's all we know uh, and i don't know i i odds are i'm this because of certain features um on the ps5 that have officially been announced i will likely try to get one at launch mm. rare for me normally i wait at least a year but because everything it is backwards ps4 at least backwards compatible like i don't have to lose any any functionality um which really encourages me to upgrade sooner rather than later mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm one of those people similarly that i typically don't trade in my consoles i like to have them i never do anything with them but i like having them like i have my ps2 and my ps3 and my gamecube and stuff like that i finally talked myself but, into selling my ps3 last year yeah it's one of those things I definitely need to do. Um, and this year or whenever I get a PlayStation five, I'll probably end up just trading in my PS four. Right. Um, Which because it's worth it. It's like, why yeah. I don't need it. You have every, you're just going to back everything up and pretty much redownload all your stuff onto your new console. Yep. And it's going to be a nice, easy, simple transition. I hope. Yeah. Hopefully that's the dream. Yep. And so, the other thing that we both identified and we talked about earlier in the show is the Final Fantasy VII remake coming out now in April. Um, it's going to be kind of interesting for us to talk about this because you come at it as a longtime Final Fantasy fan. Um, like you're a fan of the older games. Like, whereas like I've played a, like I about the first third of Final Fantasy VII. Not um, through disc one. But like, I mean, and I played it like on PS3. So like I, know, I played I the like PS1 classic. So I didn't, I don't even know like disc wise where I got to. Um, but like, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see us both come at it. I'm really excited for our discussions that we're going to be able to have in our eventual spoiler cast um, where we can chat about it. Um, I'm really excited for that too. Again, just because like, I would definitely call myself a Final Fantasy fan, but I haven't played those classic games to completion. And so. Right. And I'm so excited for at least you to get a portion uh, of the Final Fantasy seven story. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause as we know, this is coming out in ultimately installments. So it's not like a single Final Fantasy seven remake. Um, right now, the Final Fantasy seven is just set to be Midgar um mm-hmm. the midgar story which i'm excited for but um it's gonna be missing certain aspects certain beloved characters because they don't technically um enter the story yet right uh but 
we're going to see a big part, big portion, and kind of, um, I guess Midgar is a big point because it's like your big baddie isn't the big, big baddie in the overall story. There, It's more like a kind of a political intrigue, kind of corporate greed story, which will be cool. Um, I'm see, excited to see how they go about this and and the mm-hmm. gameplay looks good. Also, we should note that they've also announced that they've um, probably part of the delay is because there were some, was some skepticism involving a new combat system um, and that to ultimately also give fans the opportunity to experience an updated version of the original battle system. They did throw that concept in there so you could actually turn mm-hmm. it into this turn-based um standard combat system which i'm kind of excited to see how that transitions although yeah. even like the updated combat looks phenomenal like i'm yeah excited i'm to hyped see i'm so excited for the new combat system too uh, but yeah, i'm excited for our our series on that so that's kind of our overlap obviously so we had to pick a few additional things um mm-hmm. yeah so let's that... each do two more since we like we had those okay. let's let's pick two more so do you what is your next one um, I am actually really excited for the uh, Wonder Woman movie. I thought like, you were going to take one of mine right there. I right like... there. Like, <laughs> I, I almost did, but, like, I actually, like, right now in terms of superhero movies and everything, like, I am excited for DC's Wonder Woman right now. That is, I, it, like, I feel like this is kind of setting a different tone in general um, of the uh, normal DC story. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of like dark and gritty, I mean, it still has some intense things happening, obviously good story, but because it's set in the eighties, it just get, offers a little more like a nostalgic feel, um, and a lot of like potential humor that we kind of also saw from Marvel last year, probably building off a little of that, um, or Captain Marvel, um, specifically. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see that, although I'm a little skeptical of Hey, let's bring back this love interest story yeah. piece. I'm a little skeptical of that, but still over overall yeah. excited for the the movie. One of the superhero things that I'm really excited for, and I was worried you were going to steal down to the letter, is WandaVision. <laughs> so um, mostly because like we don't really know what's happening, and we know it's going to tie into Doctor Strange. Like the teasers we've gotten for WandaVision are all kind of like spoofing like 19 like early 1900s housewife with like vision who's dead but like scarlet witch has reality warping powers and like is like are we gonna set her up to be like the powerful force in the mcu that she can be like i'm just so curious to like where this is going to leave um scarlet witch and I'm just so interested because we ultimately don't know a ton about it. Um, I hope it does. Like, that would be so cool, like, to take a less... I don't want to, like, detract from her her base or anything. But, like, just like, hey, we've had these major um, heroes. Captain America, <laughs> Iron Man, the Hulk, Thor... You know, and we've developed all of these like stories, but ultimately they aren't like the powerful forces in the universe. Right. Um, brilliant. Sure. Like, but uh, like Wanda has a great like her power. She's very powerful and like set her up into being like 
potentially her own character. Um, and so like the sub character that is ultimately just in the Avenger films partially would mm-hmm. be great, would be cool. And I hope they do more of that. They are already doing more of that, bringing right. in like these obscure Marvel characters um, and giving them their stories. But I'd like to see Wanda ultimately get her own. Right. I'm really excited. To, yeah. Just to see the possibilities of where they could go. Um, and just because like, I've, I've talked about this, I think before in the podcast, but now with Disney owning the rights again to X-Men, like we could even see this like reverse house of M where Wanda like brings mutants into the MCU. And like, there's just so many possibilities for where this show could go. And I'm so excited for all of the options, all of the options. Yeah. But, but enough of that, Chris, what is your next one? My next one is just pretty much everything coming out for magic this year. Um, Delete that from mine. (laughs) I figured this one might be also overlap, but I was going to pick something like one piece of it, but it's just too hard. It is way too hard. Um, I'm excited for the new plane, uh, Ikoria and the Mm -hmm. Lair of Behemoths, potentially the plane that um, Kiora comes from uh, and everything. I'm excited. Um, The, different commander products all coming out um it's gonna be great and just good for 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 magic players everywhere i hope and everything also speaking of just random plug um by the time you're listening to this happy chinese new year oh yeah um, and there's also a new secret layer for year of the rat coming out from wizards of the coast mm-hmm. um and it's a rat pack and it's actually i like the art in this set i like the art as well i I don't want to run rats enough to buy it but i'm happy they did something for it kind of cool but just in general magic it's gonna be a big year for magic i think so and for me um the specific thing for magic i want to shout out is the return to zendikar um i'm excited to see us go back to zendikar where we don't have eldrazi as like a major force what um and kind of i i want to see because Zendikar was originally imagined to be like the adventure plane. Like it was supposed to be like, what would D and D look like on a magic plane? Like the traditional thing of quests and there's traps and you level up your character. And so I'm just really interested to see what that set's going to look like again in the year 2020. Like what mechanics will we see? What part of that adventuring will we see come back now that, Zendikar can be about that and it doesn't have to be about fighting the Eldrazi. I'd like to see them like do Zendikar just like maybe not like do all new mechanics in a sense, but like bring back some of the cool things that we've seen in the past year, um, incorporate it into the Zendikar story as a result. Um, so things like the um, adventuring cards from, mm. you know, Throne of Eldraine would be kind of a fun a fun thing to do mm-hmm. um, for those because it is about venturing or and things like that. And they that, left but. plenty of room because like adventure is only on creatures in Eldraine. And just OP elves. I just want some OP elves. <laughs> You're just upset because Theros didn't have elves. Well, if, if I, I remember that they didn't kind of, but you know, I'm still hopeful <laughs> because most planes have elves. Every plane should have elves. <laughs> elves are the staple. Elves should just replace all humans. <laughs> Thanks, old Nissa. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I, Zendikar does have elves. I know that for a fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zendikar is going to be a good set too. And um, I'm just excited to see how 
what Wizards does uh, moving forward because they have been doing they they're trying a lot of things. They're doing a lot of things that you know do make them money too. You know, I, I get that they're a company, and you know, some people perceive it as oh, they're just trying to get money, my money. It's like yeah, but they're also doing a really good job at listening to the community, adapting what they want to do, and um, I think they've been really friendly to their community, like all in all, um, and making sure that okay that didn't work as best and hopefully they also figure out their mythic editions and their selling methods mm-hmm. um in the upcoming year <laughs> for me um the last one or the th- or another thing that i'm look most excited about maybe not coming out in 2020 so we're gonna put this on as a maybe um is frost haven the ex- the expansion slash remake of gloomhaven focused in this frozen tundra um, a friend of mine recently got Gloomhaven and we've been meaning to play and haven't gotten there yet. Um, but just kind of with how amazing the reception of Gloomhaven is, I'm really excited to see them take a new look at that system um, and talk about what it could be. Um, and so, oh, and it'll be coming, it's supposed to be coming to Kickstarter in March, 2020. So it will have some sort of stuff this year, even though it's not official release. And so... Um, really excited about what that could be. Um, I've been really interested in Gloomhaven and like I said, just hopefully soonish I'll get a chance to actually play some, but I'm sure you will. You'll make the time. Yeah. So that's my, or that is our 2020 top three of what we're excited about. Um, you can let us know what you're excited about. Of course, through our social media. Um, but before we get into that, Chris, do we have a top three for next week? No, I've been thinking about it all day. Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, Listeners, you'll have to tune in next week to find out what the top three is. Or just and, pay attention to our Twitter, whichever. Yeah. And so with that, listeners, as always, you can find us on our social media, which is on one geek 411 on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. Send us an email at 1stgeek411 if you have any sort of episode topic ideas or any news you specifically want us to chat about. And then, of course, you can rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can check out our show notes at onegeek411.com, where you can find our sister podcast, Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust. And then, of course, you can find us on our personal social medias, minus Humar Whittle. I'm not so foreign. And it's been a great week. <laughs>